Amen. Thank you. Sometimes I think we come to church just to sing those songs and just to proclaim those truths. Uh, there's an awful lot of Sundays here lately, especially, guys, with the songs you've been picking out for us. I think, wow, I wish I didn't have to preach. We could just leave on that note. That'd be perfect. But then I do it anyway because, you know, I put my shiny shoes on. So, um. Yeah, these are... <laughs> These, I need to shine these, by the way. Um, yeah, these are uncertain times. Um, and, but yet, truths like that, they recenter us, don't they? There are some things we do know. For all we don't know, there are some things we do know. And one of them is that God is good to us. God has been good to us. He gave us, he gave us this world. It's a beautiful world, a beautiful creation. Um, and he gave it to us to care for and to rule over in his name. He's given us life. He's given us heartbeat and breath in our lungs. God's been good to us. He's also given us his only son. His only son to show us his forgiveness, his mercy, and his son shows us all the way to true freedom. God's been good to us. I know another thing this morning is that God has given us the church. God has given us the church. It is a place to learn about this good news of Christ Jesus, and it is a place to share it with others. So I could share Christ Jesus with my friends and neighbors, certainly, and I, and I try too. But when I can get them to come here and be amongst all of you, they learn about dimensions of God that I just am not equipped to show them by myself. So I am grateful for this community that God has given us. And God has, uh, I know, likes to use people. God likes to work through his people. God likes to work through me. He likes to work through you. He likes to work through all of us when we come together. God has been good to us. God has given us the church as a place to grow and a place to help others grow. And God would like it if each person in here participated in that mission in some way. I know that. So this morning, oh, I left it in my seat. I'm just going to take a short walk. So this morning you got a card when you came in. If everybody would take that out. This card right here. This card is, a, is for those of you this morning who haven't yet found how to use the gifts God's given you to contribute to this beautiful thing we call the church. So you're not yet serving here in the church, you know, at least once a month, at least once a month taking those gifts God's given you. So your homework today is by the end of this message to find something that you'd like to take a tour of and investigate further here in the church. To use all those gifts God has given you. Now, I think when it comes to serving in the church, that all of us think like one of these animals shown here. So your homework during the message is to try to discern, which of these animals do I think the most like? Because that will help you understand why it is you might want to serve even once a month. What might motivate you? All right. We have every team in the church could use you and the gifts God has given you. Uh, but we have some that have especially high need right now. And so we're going to highlight them. And the first one that I want to highlight for you is our campfire ministry for kindergarten through fourth graders. So let's watch a video about what goes on in campfire and see uh, what it may say to you. Campfire is our K-4 ministry here at Lakeland. 
We meet upstairs during both first and second service. Campfire is a place where we continue the ultimate Christian goal of connecting with God and with one another as God's people. Our two primary means of accomplishing this in Campfire are through story and community. God's story is so much more than a moral guidebook or a list of do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs. It's a living, breathing revelation of the love, hope, joy, and peace that God has brought to his people through Christ. It gives us a new identity, a new way of seeing the world, of seeing other people, and of seeing ourselves as the beloved and valued children of God. And the very best way for any of us to come to this life-giving revelation is through a community like the one we hope to foster for our children in Campfire. Campfire has three main components. Students start out in small groups, separated by grade level, where they get a chance to share the important parts of their lives with each other and with caring adults. Then they move to large group time, where they can sing and dance for God, as well as take some time to consider the story or passage for the session together. Finally, the students move to stations, where they can encounter and act out the story of God through different lenses and learning styles each week. Our volunteers serve a very meaningful role in our ministry. In fact, our volunteers are our ministry. When I had a kiddo come back six or seven months later after a lesson and share about how they had this little prayer box in their sock drawer at home and how they've been using it and you know I kind of thought that when they brought these items home they might forget about it or might not use it but it just really touched me that the things that we're teaching and using kids are extending those at home and really getting excited about it. One of the great things about serving in campfire is that no one person is burdened with the entire task of shepherding and teaching the kids. We all come together and pitch in on this worthy goal leaving each of us with an extremely manageable but integral role to play in the children's lives. If you could show up on a Sunday and in any small way show a child that he or she is cared for and loved by you and by God, I can't imagine a more important and fulfilling thing you could do all week. So, you watch a video like that, and I think some of you are wired up to think of that the way an ant thinks about it. So an ant looks at that and says, you know what, I bet there's a right and a wrong way to minister to children. In fact, as an ant, you probably saw some things in that video, you're like, "Mm, I'm not sure I would do it that way. If I did it, they'd want to have to do that a little bit different. Or, yeah, that's right, that's the right thing to do. Ants think a lot about doing things the right way, all right? Um, Ants sometimes are a little bit tired at the end of every day, maybe a lot tired, from having fought so many battles to make things go the way they should, to make things right. In fact, if you're an ant, you might even struggle a little bit with anger and resentment, because sometimes, frankly, you get tired of being the only good guy, the only one who does what's supposed to be done. So how many of you resonate with maybe being an ant this morning? 
It would be the right thing to do to raise your hand if you're thinking you are. All right, ants, this is your time to shine because of your diligence and because, frankly, of your moral integrity, you are the right person to be a role model for young people. And uh, you will shape the children's ministry to be right and to do the right things. One thing ants know, it is right before God to serve children. As Jesus said, let the children come to me. And you ants, you do the right thing. I'm not, I'm not joking. The ants that I have known in the church have been some of the most heroic, truly good, good guy people in Christianity. Now, others of you are watching that video, but you're thinking about it more the way a rhino thinks about it. Now, rhinos, to me, always look kind of like prehistoric animals. And that is because rhinos are largely unchanged since prehistoric times. While other animals evolved and adapted and tried to keep up with things are going, constantly risking the possibility of extinction every time they changed, rhinos stuck with what worked. And that's how they have survived. Clarity and stability have held the rhino true and made them survivors by not changing, right? Eddie Vedder, I change by not changing at all. So uh, rhinos cling to clarity and stability, and that is what's gotten them through. So who thinks you kind of resonate with the thinking of a rhino this morning? You're not raising your hand because it's also in the nature of the rhino uh, to talk yourselves out of decisions. Rhinos are constantly running scenarios in their mind of things that could go wrong, changes that could happen that could go badly, and making plans to make sure those things don't happen to them. Uh, rhinos often second-guess a decision because they feel like once I've made a decision, I would not want to be wishy-washy and washing all around, so I'm just going to wait till I fully understand this. So who's feeling a little more rhino now? Yes, statistically, half of you should have your hand up in America, but we're just going to keep talking for a little bit and give you some time to think this over. So a rhino watches this campfire video and says, you know what? Faith in Jesus Christ has been passed like that. Adults to children, person to person, for thousands of generations. Well, not thousands yet, but thousands of years since the time of the apostles. This is how the timeless story of Christ has been passed from person to person. When you take part in campfire, you're another, you're ensuring the future stability of the church. You're ensuring the next generation. And frankly, a rhino thinks about that in terms of this. If we fail to pass our faith to those campfire kids and there's not a next generation of Christianity, it will, um, our society will finally erupt into chaos and fade. We need that line of history that God has drawn to continue. And that's what rhinos see going on in Kid Zone. Kids don't need a lot of fancy talk and they don't need a lot of buzzwords. They need those ancient stories that have carried the church for every possible generation. Who's feeling a little more rhino-ish now? All right. Rhinos, you have the gift of doing what you're supposed to do, even when other people don't. That's you. Other people don't do what they're supposed to do. You do what you're supposed to do. Everyone ought to invest something in children, but it's rhinos who do it. You're dependable. You're strong. You show up. You can be counted on. And God bless you. God bless you for it. Um, My rhino friends, I know when they're part of the team, they're part of the team. Now, maybe you're watching that and you're thinking, well, I don't really resonate with that. That's because you might be a tiger. Oh, my goodness. All right, tiger would never have that happen. All right, you might be a tiger. You know the tiger is the real king of the jungle. Lions don't even live in the jungle. Uh, Lions can't get anything done without a pack. 
Tigers are solitary. They actually live in the jungle and they outweigh any lion by 200 pounds. Tigers are tough. Tigers get it done. Tigers are especially dangerous when defending their cubs. And that's what all you tigers saw when you watched that video. You saw the cubs of the church. And you know, in churches, sometimes kindergarten through fourth grade kids get ignored. They get Uh, You know, the smallest room sometimes, the oldest room, the smallest budget. There's a lot of hotshot volunteers with all their gifts who think they're too good to serve in campfire. But tigers don't think that way because they know that if you want to leave the legacy of the church, that's where you do it. A tiger thinks the future of the church ain't sitting in this room. The future of the church is up there in that generation. And that's how tigers think about it. Um, tigers know that's not an easy ministry to do. You've got to be part school teacher. You've got to be part child psychologist. You've got to be part nurse. It, you've got to be uh, help if you're a comedian. If you're an acrobat, it sure wouldn't hurt. But tigers can do all that because they're tough. They just want to know that it's worth doing. They need to know it's worth their time. And they need to know that they're not getting trapped right? They're not, I'm not just up here manipulating you into something. So they want to know that the, this isn't some trap being sprung where someone's going to take advantage of them. And that's why when you sign up for campfire, you sign up for a school year. And, uh, and there's even a break at semester when you can consider. And if it turns out it's not for you, you can walk away from that ministry and no one can look down on you and no one can browbeat you into staying because you made this commitment and you kept that commitment and it just lasted the nine months. Tigers want that assurance up front. So how many of you feel like you might be a tiger? Now, you're really a tiger if you're not raising your hands because one thing tigers really hate is to be labeled tigers. Tigers uh, feel like revealing that much information about what makes them tick might give someone a possible advantage over them. So you really know you're a tiger if the whole time I was here, you were thinking, that's me. And then when I said, who is it? I'm telling you. Okay, you're a tiger. Great. So I won't ask you again, but now you know. So tigers, the church needs your strength and your strength is considerable. You just need to know that this mission is worth doing. Are children worth sharing the gospel with? You bet they are. So tigers, pounce. Let's remember what it is that we know. We know that God has been good to us. He's given us life. He's given us this world. He's given us his only son. We know that God has given us the church. It's a place to grow in him. It's a place to share that good news with others. It keeps us on track. We know this morning that God likes to work through people and he's given each of us gifts for serving him. However, you might be an ant or a rhino or a a tiger and, and it's just the kid zone. You know, it's just a campfire thing that's not resonating with you. Okay. Maybe you'd want to apply those gifts to something like hospitality, the coffee bar. Coffee Bar is one of our favorite hospitality ministries here in the church, but they have been a little shorthanded this summer. So why don't we watch a video about Coffee Bar and all of our hospitality ministries and see if God might speak to you during that. I'm a pastor here at Lakeland, and one of my primary roles is to oversee the care and the keeping of community here. 
Church surveys say that a person will decide whether they'll return to a church in the first seven seconds. So think about the last time that you visited a new church. What went through your head? You were probably thinking, what am I going to experience? What if this place is super weird? What if these people think I'm weird? What if I get in an awkward situation and I can't get out of it? At that point, you may have just said, it's just easier to stay at home. Lakeland's hospitality team wants to create an environment that is warm and friendly, but not overwhelming. We want to remove any obstacles that might get in the way of someone stepping on the path of their spiritual journey. Lakeland believes that hospitality means making room for others. That makes this team very critical in the life of the church. Lakeland's hospitality team consists of three smaller work teams. The first is the greeter ushers team led by Scott Patton, and their primary task is just to be a welcoming and friendly face at the doors. Next is the coffee connection team led by Melissa Maschieski. Just the act of serving someone something to eat or drink is an act of hospitality. The welcome kiosk is our last team. This team is led by Kelly Johnston. It serves as a lighthouse in the lobby, as a guide or a direction for someone who might be new. Showing hospitality is like being the hands and feet of Jesus. If making room for others tugs at your heart, or you're just a friendly person and just want to serve, then maybe the hospitality team is for you. Now, some of you showed your stripes before that video even ran when I said that little line about they've been a little shorthanded this summer. Some of you, if you're an Irish setter, thought, well, I didn't know they've been shorthanded. There's no reason for that. I could help with that. That's what Irish setters do. Good. I mean, why are we being so specific? Why, why wouldn't you just call this the dog? Because not all dogs are alike. The Irish setter is a particular type of dog. Irish setter is a tail-wagging, friendly, face-licking dog. Um, Irish setters want to help you. In fact, if you're a real Irish setter, you would think, if I were a dog, I'd be a service dog. I'd be a dog who helped a blind person or a, a handicapped person because uh, th- that would be super cool to, be, to help someone that way. See, Irish setters help. Churches love Irish setters because they say yes. If you are in a room with an Irish setter person and you say, uh, you know, there's something getting you down, you're having a problem, the Irish setter will come over to you and say, I can help with that. You don't need to do that alone. I'll be there when, when you want me to show up. Irish setters help. Who feels like you might be an Irish setter? Churches love Irish setters. I love Irish setters. Now, Irish setters uh, want to they know that if you want to meet everyone in the church and offer them something, Coffee Bar is a place to do that. Irish setters know that Coffee Bar is like our uh, town diner, right? They have regulars. You can re-greet them and learn about their life. Also has all the new people probably make a stop by the Coffee Bar. And so there's nothing like helping someone find a refreshment, find what it is they want that morning to, to, to let them know that they're valued. Now, sometimes you Irish setters feel like people don't really appreciate you for all the help you give, right? You give and you give and you give, and then the thank yous start running out. And that really gets under the skin of an Irish setter, and then they may bite you. Um, But uh, at the coffee bar, that's usually not how it goes. You know, the people step up, they make their order, you make it for them, help them find what they may enjoy, and you say, thank you for coming. And they say, thank you. And And the appreciation can be immediate, 
So Iris Setters know hospitality makes a difference in, in how prepared people are to hear the hospitality of God and the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, some of my very best friends are Iris Setters, and they have gotten me out of some real jams from time to time. God bless them. Now, there's another person who would serve at the coffee bar, but for a totally different reason, and that would be the Black Stallion. <laughs> The black stallion, not just another horse. This horse has an eye, an ear, a palate, a sixth sense for beauty. Black stallions bring beauty to whatever they do. In fact, black stallions imagine that if our culture just had more beautiful things and beautiful experiences, it probably would save it from the mess that it is in. So the black stallion knows when you go to the coffee bar, you're not just there to order refreshments. You are going to have an experience, whether you're aware of it or not, of smell, of light, of friendliness, and yes, of taste, that will prepare your heart to come in here to the sanctuary and experience a God who is also an artist. And as soon as I say that, black stadiums go, yeah, I think about it that way, and I hear how weird it sounds. Nobody thinks the way I do. Nobody gets me. Black stallions feel that way. You're right. Nobody does think like you. How could they? God has only ever made one of you. And he made you to take this gift for seeing what other people don't see. Anyone can see that the barista machine is broken and the ice maker is full. But the black stallion comes into an environment like the coffee bar and sees what's missing and sees what it would take to change it from ordering refreshments to having a spiritual experience. Who feels like you might be a black stallion? Are you wearing black right now? Black stallions usually do when they go out in public. (laughs) So um, that's black stallions. Uh, Black stallions, you're here to look and see the things that everyone else is overlooking and to bring feeling into the ministry of hospitality. So do what you do. My black stallion friends make everything I do um, with their suggestions more artistic, more feeling, and more human. So, um, now there's another one of these creatures that really brings something to the coffee bar, and that is the whale. Okay, whales are very strong, very powerful, but seldom seen. You know, when the storms come, what a whale does? They dive down deep underneath the chaos and wait it out. So church is a difficult uh, environment sometimes for whales because everyone here is so passionate and so energetic and so extroverted, you know, and whales just know when you get that much passion and energy going and everybody says this is the most important thing ever and souls and heaven and hell that there's going to be a fight at some point. And whales don't like to be around for that part. Okay, whales know if I'm around that kind of energy and passion, it's going to make me blow my stack. And I don't like to blow my stack. So when things get edgy, there's a mighty splash and the whale is gone. The tail slips below the waves. Oh, yeah, the whale is gone. Now, whales, you don't have to be anybody special at the coffee bar. Leave all that, I want to be special to the black stallions, and they can have all that. You are just there to serve coffee, to be friendly, and to show a smile, and to do something, to provide some hospitality. You will make a difference in how people perceive the church with your friendliness, but it'll be in a behind-the-scenes covert way. Nobody will ever drag you up here and try to pin a blue ribbon on you for that. How many of you are resonating with uh, these types of feelings about serving in the church? 
Whales often need a little time to think about it, so I'll talk a little slower and give you some more time before we have to raise our hand again. So at the coffee bar, uh, things do go wrong sometimes. I mean, the coffee machine might be broken for a week. You might have run out of milk. But no one ever steps up to the coffee bar and reams you out for your views on infant baptism or gay marriage. The coffee bar is not like that. It's a place of harmony and stability. Um, You whales often feel like, I am happy. Why is everybody always pressuring me to change and do more? I'm fine. A coffee bar is also not like that. If if you get a wild whim and you want to change something, you can change the flavors during the Christmas season and then change them back after the new year, of course. Now, who is resonating a little more with the energy of being a whale and serving God in that way? Again, you'll need some more time to think about it. Approximately next week, this time, you may be coming around. So whales, the church needs friendly, easygoing people. The church has plenty of spazzes and you know, showboats and all those other types of personalities. That's what you call them. That's not what I'm calling them. (laughs) We also need some friendly, stable, harmonious, easygoing people who don't get all worked up. And that would be you. And that would be you. The whales in my life, they keep me steady. And and they're super, super strong and dependable. Now, let's remember, again, what it is we know this morning. God has been good to us. God has given us the church. God likes to work through his people. So you may be a whale or an Irish setter or a black stallion, but it's not the coffee bar that's waving your flag this morning. So maybe you would want to serve in Trailhead. That's our ministry for fifth through eighth graders. Older kids, totally different energy and stage of life. Let's watch a video about Trailhead and see, see if, what that speaks to you. The Trailhead is a place for our 5th through 8th grade students to gather uh, on Sunday mornings during second service. The Trailhead is a place of story and gathering. It's a community designed around the needs of middle school students where they can be listened to and cared for by a village of adults and where they can enter into the story of God. Our middle school kids live in a world of signals, telling them that they aren't smart enough or pretty enough or fast enough. And they're starting to get to an age where they look around and they understand that the world is not always what it ought to be. The trailhead is important because it tells a new story where the students find their identity as children of God and where they learn that this God is making all things new. There are three main parts to a trailhead service. Large group, worship or games, where they can cut loose or reflect the heart of God. Small groups, where they're listened to by caring adults. And stations, where students will go through a five-week journey through a Bible story using a variety of learning modes and styles. The stations are designed to be both meaningful and fun. The students will engage the story hands-on through the highly immersive experience station. They'll learn and study the story more academically in the seminary station. In game station, they'll study its chronology or approach it through object lesson. They'll review key ideas, people, or events in quiz station. And finally, approach the story in a more contemplative, prayerful way during sacred space. The beauty of the Trailhead leadership environment is that we each take a small piece of a puzzle And when you put it together, it makes a very powerful whole. Typically, leaders serve every other week in one of two roles. 
if you really like connecting with the kids and you're a great listener, then your fit might be with our small group side. If you like teaching or walking kids through the stories of God, then you might be an excellent station leader. In deciding whether or not to join the Trailhead team, you really need to answer just one of two questions. One, can you authentically listen and care for kids right where they're at? Or two, can you help facilitate lessons that walk kids through the stories of God? If the answer to either of these questions is yes, then you're needed in the Trailhead, and we invite you to come be a part of helping kids prepare for life's journeys. Time for a horse of a different color, the racehorse. Now the racehorse watches a trailhead video and says, all right, I see what that's all about. Middle school kids have a ton of energy and you better be prepared to meet that energy. Racehorses immediately know you better have uh, small groups. You better have some worship. You better have some games. When you go to teach in the Bible study, you better have a variety of stations, art and, and prayer and teaching and experience. And, uh, and racehorses know that better run like a machine, right? Because if you give yourself a little five-minute gap, you're going to lose those kids. They're going to run all over you. So it better snap right along. Now, all these other animals hear about that amount of energy, and they think, oh, baby, I don't know if I got that in me. The racehorse says, I got that in me. Because if you're a racehorse, God has given you a gift of focus. God has given you a gift for getting things done. So if you show up as a racehorse in the trailhead ministry after a couple of weeks, people are going to walk away shaking their heads saying, I don't know how they did all that. Because that's always what happened when you racehorses get involved. Whatever you do, people walk away shaking their head going, I don't know where they get all their energy and how they can accomplish all of that. Who relates to being a racehorse? Racehorses secretly wish I'd let you come up and say a few words right now. Uh, Racehorses, God give you a focus for getting things done. Um, And and you know that middle school kids are middle school kids, you know, and so they need all of that energy and focus. Um, Racehorses sometimes secretly say to themselves, everybody wishes they could do all the stuff I could do. But they can't. Because God has given you a gift for running fast and running long. And to have those two gifts in one person is a mighty thing. So racehorses, you come and you get involved. Because as part of a team, you could get a lot done yourself. But as part of a team, so much would get done. So much would happen that everyone would say what it is. A miracle of God working through his people. And you would be a part of that. So racehorses, now is your time come out of the gate. Now, there is another animal that does quite well in the trailhead ministry for the almost total opposite reason, and that is the owl. You'll know you're the owl if you are on a quest for knowledge and to gather new experiences. The whale is one who studies and investigates. Now, the truth is about you whales is you're highly intellectual, and sometimes you say to yourselves, my intellect keeps other people from understanding me. And truthfully, no one knows all the stuff I can do because quietly you have taught yourself to do so many things. You have gathered to yourself so many different types of knowledge. Who resonates this morning with being an owl? 
Are you standing or sitting at the back of the room with your hand up right now? Because that's always where owls are. They're at the back of the room. I see that hand. Owls don't like to be here in the center. They want to be out here at the edges where they can observe and study and see what goes on. Now, when you owls became followers of Christ, you were challenged with this. Not everything can you learn from reading it in a book. Not everything can you learn from reading it on a website. There are some things you can't stand at the back of the room and gather. Some things are only learned by experiencing it for yourself. And that's when you owls are up for it. You're like, well, if that's the way to learn more about it, I will get my hands dirty on this one. And ministry, and in fact, the Christian life works that way. You will learn things by passing faith to children that you can't learn any other way. And you will add yet another Uh, skill to your massive set of skills. Owls like the trailhead ministry because it is highly organized for them. And so if you want to be a small group leader, you can focus and master being a small group leader. And they have a leader's guide to help get you started so you'll be competent out of the gate. If you want to lead one of those stations, you want to be a teacher, you can teach lessons that are thought through because you owls think things through. You want to lead a game that has a spiritual point, you can do that. They only change the games about 10 times a year. So if you want to serve more than once a month, you want to serve a couple of times a month, you could have time to really master that game and get good at it and good at passing it to the kids before you move on to the next one. Owls like this sort of, this sort of support and kind of instant competence that is provided and then they bring their own skills and add to it. I got to observe uh, one of our best owls here at Lakeland teaching a lesson up in Kids Zone. It was completely fascinating. He did about 75% of it from the leader's guide and 25% of it from his skills and things that he had gathered during his time living in Papua New Guinea. He decided he'd go to an island and study that for several years. Okay, this owl has more skills than any of us know about. And so uh, owls, this is your chance to master a part of Christianity. You're not going to be able to master any other way. So I invite you to come out of the back of the room and Step right front and center for this one. Okay, after the owl, ah, yes, last but not least, the otter. Who doesn't love otters? Doggone it. You just watch otters, you feel happier. You go to the zoo, oh, they have otters. You stop and stand there for a minute. They make your blood pressure lower just watching them. Otters are always having so much fun, and God bless them for it. So otters, when if you got involved in trailhead, You bring the fun, right? The founder of Young Life Ministries said it's a sin to bore children with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And otters say, amen to that, right? Middle school kids are middle school kids. There's no point in turning them into elderly church ladies. Otters say, yes, teach them the timeless truths of Christianity. Yes, impart to them uh, Christian moral values. But for goodness sake, let's have a party and some nice snacks while we do it. And otters say, amen to that. How many of you are resonating with being an otter? Otters, is your, are you only listening to my voice on podcast right now because you're on a plane somewhere to someplace fun and you just needed to fill in some gaps? Um, otters, is your phone have a fast button you can hit and immediately go to airlines to check prices for tickets to fun places? Because that's what otters always do is fantasize about going someplace else. All right. Who's relating to being an otter now? One of my favorite otters, every email closes with three words, make it fun. Make it fun on every single email. So otters, you just need a place where there is less control, less constraints and rules on you. You are a happy person. You'd be even happier with less limits. 
Well, in Trailhead, they have that for you. If you come with a proposal for, hey, you know what would really make this fun for the kids, energizing and engaging, they'll adapt to that and, and let you run with it and let you otters shine. Otters, the church really needs you, especially in the suburbs where we are fastly becoming bored and boring. And so, uh, otters, we, you are needed. And God calls you with these words, let there be fun. Amen? I love otters so much, I married one. And we are leaving town after church today. <laughs> so, oh, God bless her. All right. So remember what we know is that God has been good to us. Matthew 28, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Being part of a community that does that is a good thing to be a part of. It is the right thing to be a part of. And it is a beautiful thing to be a part of. Remember we also know this morning, God has given us the church. Now Jesus said, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when you take these gifts God has given you and you find a place to serve, even just once a month, you are becoming more like Jesus. You're becoming more the type of person who came not to be served, but to serve. Not to take, but to give your life. You're emulating our king when you serve. And uh, I did not realize every video we showed this morning would use this verse, or I might have picked another. Um, There are many places in the Bible where it says what it says there in 1 Peter, that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. So this morning, you have your card. What this card is, is you're expressing interest in taking a tour. So a tour doesn't mean you're signing up for this ministry. It means that someone will contact you to tell you more about it. They might invite you to come walk around with them for 20 or 25 minutes um, to uh, see it for yourself. After the tour, you decide if that was for you and if you'd like to Sign up for a trial and try it. So this is just expressing interest. And this is really just for you folks who, who are not serving at least once a month somewhere in the church to take these gifts God has given you and unleash the power of them into the church. Now, maybe it's not Campfire or Trailhead or the coffee bar. There are, there's this thing there for other. I'm going to show you, I hope, on the screen some things you could write in there if this sounds more like you. Facility team, getting the church clean and ready on a Sunday morning. Early childhood, maybe you want those itty-bitty bits, even holding babies. Uh, Greeters and ushers or kiosk connectors. Uh, You wouldn't believe the ministry that has been done through greeters. I had a person come in. I don't have time to go off on that. The small interactions people have had with greeters have shown them a lot about the acceptance and love of Christ Jesus. The fact that someone looked them in the eye, no matter what they looked like, touched them, shook their hand, or hugged them, said, uh, if God's like that, I want in. It was just an interaction they had at a door with a greeter. All right, I I went off anyway. Um, Communion servers, uh, the worship team really could use bass players right now, drummers right now. Um, If you're a very accomplished pianist, we could use that right now. Please audition for all of those positions. Um, You could do communion server or spiritual order, prayer, Prayer is a service to the church. Respite care, once a month, serving uh, families with special needs children. Sanctuary cleaning uh, happens once a week here during... uh, You can be a small group leader. 
You could be on the women's ministry leadership team. You could help, uh, help me and Bill and Scott do men's breakfast. There's a variety of tasks associated with that. We try to go on a retreat once a year. You could help plan that. So that I could just maybe focus on the, the verse-by-verse Bible study that we do in preparing for that. Maybe you want to serve the poor in Annapra, Mexico, or the persecuted church in China, or welcoming a stranger, helping immigrants become productive working citizens of the United States and, and sharing in that dream with us. Um, Perhaps you want to serve in the Hope Center for the inner city or Prodeo for at-risk teens right here in our own community or the Global Orphan Project. You could write in any one of those and someone from that ministry would contact you in about a week or two. This is summer. Some of them are on vacation. But within a week or two, someone would contact you and invite you on a tour or to share more information. And after that, you could decide if that was for you or if you wanted to try something else. God has given each of you a gift to serve in this wild kingdom. And it's probably, if you've not been doing it already, just about time to take that next step. Amen. Let me give you just a moment here to think that over. How many are walking out of here today and you still don't know which animal you are? Who still doesn't know? Think hard about the rhino and whale. They really have the hardest time figuring this out. The rhino said, well, I related to some part of all of them. So I just told you. The whale said, I'm not sure about any of them. They all sound a little toot um, The election year can also help tell you. If you're a rhino, you're saying, does anyone notice that we're doomed yet? And the whale is like, I wish he didn't even say the word election. I have been trying to avoid that. Okay, now you know. See, it was a very clarifying moment for you. So, um, but here, think about a tour for a moment. And what you do with this is you hand this to an usher as you leave today. And someone will... We'll contact you. Amen. If you'd stand together, I'd like to say a a word of blessing over you. Sometimes we all need to be reminded God doesn't just love us. He likes us. God is deeply pleased with you. He's quite fond of you. And he's given you a gift In some ways, like gifts he's given to others that you can come together with him. In some ways, completely unique. So that he can see all of his children come together and and serve him and give glory to the spirit from whom the gifts come. And this is the way he's chosen to work. He didn't have to. He wanted to. He wanted to work in partnership with you and with me. Because he likes us. He really, really likes us. And then assurance, may you go forth in peace and power in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.